Welcome to the sermon podcast of Christ Lutheran Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. We are glad that you are here. At Christ Church, we believe that God is alive in Holy Scripture, inspiring, challenging, and guiding us today. As we journey through the Bible together, we bring our hopes, our pain, our questions, and our doubts, trusting Jesus to meet us here full of grace. Christ Lutheran Church is a special place of healing. May the word of God bless you today. So the church that I was uh, ordained in over 10 years ago, it's a church in Atlanta, Georgia. It's called Morningside Presbyterian Church. It's the first church that I served as an associate pastor. It's the church that God called me to serve right out of seminary. I was 26 years old when I started. And those wonderful and loving people actually, I think, taught me a lot about how to be a pastor. They also endured my earliest sermons that I can't even go back and bring myself to look at. So bless their hearts, as we might say down there. Those folks loved me, and they let me love them, and they loved my growing family. That's the church where Lydia Grace was born and baptized. And so when it came time for me to write them a letter telling them that Ellen had accepted a position at Penn State in Harrisburg, and that I had accepted a position at Christ Lutheran Church, it was tough. Our friends and our family were all in the South, and we knew, when I tell you we knew nothing about Harrisburg, we knew nothing about Harrisburg. We didn't know anybody here. And while we were excited about this new adventure, we were nervous and we were vulnerable. Not long after the news was out, I got a call that Anthony, who was a a member of the church, that he was sick, he is in the hospital. Now, Anthony was a deacon in the church, and he had formerly been homeless, and he got to know members of Morningside Church when they were volunteering with the organization that was helping Anthony. And they, uh, Anthony and those volunteers, they fell in church love, I might, we might call it, the kind of church love when you, that brought each of you into this church. You, you know when you kind of found your church and you, you fall in church love. So uh, he, he had no experience with Presbyterians, though, before uh, meeting these folks. And even though Morningside was a uh, largely white church with affluent members and Anthony was African-American and formerly homeless, the unity of the Holy Spirit broke through all of those barriers and Anthony became a very active member of the church and eventually a leader. Now, I got to know Anthony most uh, when we went on a mission trip together to New Orleans. And so uh, the great thing about when you take a trip together like we do on the retreat, you get to spend that extra time with somebody. And so we really grew pretty close uh, on that mission trip. And, and Anthony has this strong faith. We talked last week about God's providence, that belief that God is active 
in the world. Anthony really believed in God's providence. He sees God at work. And Anthony is, is uh, we're still friends. You could, if, you, uh, if we're friends on Facebook, Anthony will often comment on my posts and he always comments, one love. That's Anthony's uh, response. So uh, I, I love that we get to still have that connection. So uh, that day I went to see Anthony in the hospital. He was laying in the bed and he was clearly uncomfortable. He was clearly in pain. And so we talked for a bit, but I, I wasn't going to stick around too long. I was going to let him get his rest. And so I said, Anthony, can I, can I pray for you? And, and, then, and then I'll go. And he said, no. <laughs> no? I was like, no, why, why not? He said, no, because I, I need to tell you something first. He said, I know you're going to be leaving soon. And he said, I, I'm, I was having a really hard time with that because I don't want you to go. But when I came to the hospital, he said, God gave me a vision and he gave me a word and he said that I have to share it with you. And he said, I, I know it's true because it's given me this great peace about you leaving. And he said, so you have to go. He said, oh, okay, well, what, what, what was this vision? He said, God showed me the people where you were going. He showed them to me. I saw them. And he showed me that there was a need, that there was a need for you. He said, they are waiting for you and you have to go to them. And then he prayed for me. And then he prayed for you. And then he let me pray for him. I tell you all of this because it's important to trust God's word when it comes to us, even when it's not the way that we want it, because God has a will and a plan. It gave me peace. It gave, I should say, it gave Anthony peace knowing that God had a reason for us to come to Harrisburg. And what is so funny and also a little bit frustrating about the way God works sometimes is that God gave Anthony that message, but not me. God gave Anthony the message that gave him peace, and I had to trust Anthony in order to have that peace in myself. See, God often requires a relationship for us to get that word. So today is the first Sunday of Advent. It's the season when we celebrate that God is coming into the world to heal and to save the world. It's a time when we rekindle our hopes and our real expectations about Christ's salvation. And one of the ways that we can tune our hearts to this hope is by looking back at the time that Christ first came into the world. And so this Advent, we are going to learn about some of the people who were there at that time. The regular people, like you and me and Anthony, who played a role in receiving God in the form of a little baby in a little town in the middle of a huge empire 
a very long time ago. And so we are going to be looking at the cast of Christmas, and this Sunday we begin with everyone's favorite. You can, you know who he is. Why don't you shout out his name? Yeah, everybody's favorite, Zechariah. All the wonderful songs about Zechariah. He's not in the manger scene. Unfortunately, he should be. Zechariah is one of my favorites. Now, I told you about Anthony. I told you that story because what he did for me that day and what Zechariah will be called to do and what we are each called to do are all related. And so hear this from the very beginning of Luke's gospel. In the days of King Herod of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah. He belonged to the priestly order of Abijah. His wife was a descendant from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. Both of them were righteous before God, living blamelessly according to all the commandments and regulations of the Lord. Now, let me pause to say this does not mean that they were perfect. To live blamelessly means that they were doing a good job uh, following the law and living uh, delightfully in a covenant relationship with God. They were doing a good job of that. It doesn't mean that they were perfect. Now, they lived blamelessly according to all the commandments and the regulations of the Lord, but they had no children because Elizabeth was barren and both were getting on in years. Now, once when he was serving as priest before God during his section's turn of duty, he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to enter into the sanctuary of the Lord and to offer incense. Now, at the time of the incense offering, the whole assembly, the congregation of the people, were praying outside the sanctuary. When there appeared to Zechariah an angel of the Lord standing at the right side of the altar of incense. Imagine that right there, the right side. When Zechariah saw him, he was terrified. Fear overwhelmed him. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you will name him John. Now, this is John the Baptist he's talking about. Now, you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. Now, he must never drink wine or strong drink, even before his birth, but he will be filled with the Holy Spirit. He will turn many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. With the spirit and power of Elijah, he will go before them. He will turn the hearts of parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of righteousness to make ready a People prepared for the Lord. Now, Zechariah said to the angel, How can I know that this will happen? 
I am an old man, and my wife is uh, getting on in years. The angel replied, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. But now, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time, you will become mute, unable to speak until the day that these things occur. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah, and they were wondering about his delay in the sanctuary. When he did come out, he was unable to speak to them. He realized he'd seen a vision in the sanctuary. He kept motioning to them and remained unable to speak. When his time of service was ended, he returned home. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. I just love this story. And it's so strange to me that it does not appear in the three-year lectionary cycle, which means that in many churches that follow the lectionary, they will never hear this story. This old priest is also only mentioned in Luke's gospel. The other gospel writers don't mention him. He doesn't appear anywhere else in the Bible. But to Luke, Zechariah is an important member of the Christmas cast. In fact, he and Mary are the only two people in the whole story that each get their own solo. Now, Zechariah was a priest Pretty much by birth, he was a descendant of Moses' brother, Aaron. And so that meant that just by birth, he was a member of this priestly class. And so was his wife, Elizabeth. It was the duty of the people of his ancestry to facilitate the religious practices of the Jewish people. Kind of like priests and pastors today, he helped people with the rituals and the traditions of their faith. And that day, that day that could have been any day, that day that could be today, it was Zachariah's turn to go into the sanctuary and make an offering of of incense to God. Now, I am sure that Zachariah believed that God was always present in the sanctuary, just as we trust that God is present here with us. Zechariah did this so often over his many, many years of service that I'm sure the young members of the church, of the, of the community, thought that Zechariah lived there in the synagogue. The way that I, I had a young member ask me once if this was my house here. Hundreds of times Zechariah had gone into the sanctuary to, to perform some task or another which had been holy and special and also very ordinary. It was the most ordinary ritual for Zechariah and the people waiting for him outside the synagogue that day. Now, ordinarily, after Zechariah made the offering, he would come out and he would give the people a benediction, which is to say a blessing. 
It's the same thing that I do every week at the end of worship. And the benediction I use is a benediction from his ancestor, Aaron. It's called the Aaronic benediction. I use the same one, maybe that Zechariah was supposed to come out and give the people that day. Only on that day when he emerged, he couldn't speak. Can you imagine him gesturing? gesturing, trying, waving his arms to try and explain the wings of the angel that he had just seen. Maybe making a, a, a movement around his, his tummy to try and explain that Elizabeth was supposed to have a baby. Can you imagine? It's pretty hilarious when you think about this old priest trying to explain. And the people could only think, well, clearly something happened in there. Clearly he saw some kind of a vision. Zechariah, the priest, and the congregation he served, he came to do some ordinary, holy things, and yet were surprised when the holy that they participate in showed up. What's so special about Zechariah? Well, it's exactly the same thing that's so special about everybody else in the Christmas cast. What's so special about them is that God chose them and they become special. God chose them and that is why we know them. Mary, Joseph, the shepherds, they were ordinary people in an ordinary time in an ordinary small town, a tiny forgettable speck in the history of humanity, but God chose them and give them gave them parts to play in this extraordinary story of love and salvation. Zechariah could be any of you. He was a good man. He, he did his best to follow God, to keep his commandments. He served his people. He was devoted to his wife, Elizabeth, for many years. He had hopes. He, he, he prayed for those hopes, just like us. And for many, many years, he and Elizabeth had prayed for a child. It never happened. And they blinked and they were old. I'm sure that it caused them grief when they were the age of their friends who were having children. I'm sure that, that they prayed and begged as time slipped by and then the time passed. And eventually, without really noticing, they weren't praying for a baby anymore. They were praying for each other. They were praying for the young mom at the synagogue. They were praying for the old friend who had a bad fall. They were praying for rain. And while I can imagine they still felt a tug of regret seeing occasionally the grandparent bouncing a baby on their knee, the grief lessened over the years, and they had just accepted the way of things. Didn't change their devotion to God, didn't change their devotion to each other. And then the angel Gabriel showed up with some unbelievable news. Now, Zechariah is so sweet. I love what he says to Gabriel. He says, I'm an old man. And my wife, well, you know, she's getting up there in years. I mean, what a dear. He will not call his wife old. 
Luke does, but Zachariah, I'm old, and, and Elizabeth, yeah, she's getting up there in years. Won't call his wife old. How many years ago had Zachariah last prayed for a child? It's the question I'm wondering. How many years ago was the last time that he prayed for a child? But here's the word from on high to Zechariah, whose name literally means God remembers. Gabriel's message is filled with love. He says, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer long ago has been heard, Zechariah. Your wife will bear a son. You will name him John. And you will have joy and you will have gladness and many people will rejoice and he will help people. He will help people prepare for the Lord. No fear, joy and gladness. People will rejoice. The good news is that you have a role to play in preparing the world to receive Jesus. Anthony had a role to play in preparing me for my calling to Christ's church. I just had to trust his peace, but he prepared me for you. You have roles to play in each other's lives. We are all honored in the midst of this ordinary life to be preparing the world with the news from on high that God remembers. God has heard your prayers. Do not be afraid. There is joy and delight. Many people will rejoice. Prepare the people for joy. That is our calling, to prepare the people with joy. We have received that vision, and yet we have to share it to prepare the people with the joy that we have received. Many people will rejoice. Rekindle hope. Prepare your hearts. Jesus is coming. Help is on the way. It's almost funny that because Zechariah wondered how this could be, he was forced into nine months of silence. The lesson I take from that is if an angel shows up, if a bush is burning on fire but not being burned up and it tells you something, everything else is probably within the realm of possibility after that. You can go ahead and trust that message. Zechariah cannot talk. But that did not keep him from proclaiming the good news, from leaping and dancing, I'm sure. From finishing up his work that day. I love that it says that he still like finished his job that day, finished up what he needed to do, and then raced home to try and explain, try and explain to Elizabeth what, it, what had just happened. Imagine that. And when his son was born, Zachariah gets this piece of slate and he writes on the slate, his baby is there, right? his name is John. Everybody was amazed. 
And Luke says, immediately, Zechariah's mouth was opened, his tongue freed, and he began to speak, praising God. And then he sang his solo. And the blessing that he didn't get to, get to give people on that most extraordinary day that he saw the angel, he now gets to give the whole world for all time. This is what he sings. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has looked favorably on his people. He has redeemed them. He has raised up a mighty savior for us. And then he takes his baby boy in his wrinkled old hands. And he sings with tears running down his cheeks. And he says, and you, child, will be called prophet of the Most High. And you, my son, my son, son, you will go before the Lord and you will prepare the people for the knowledge of salvation. Forgiveness. Because the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high, will break upon us all to shine upon those who are sitting in darkness now in the shadow of death and to guide our feet to the way of peace. So, beloved, pray with hope. Prepare to be surprised. Share the good news as, as Anthony did for me, as Gabriel did for Zechariah, as Zechariah did for his son, and as John did for the world. There are a people waiting for you and your love, which is exactly what they need to know. The tender mercy of our God will shine on us all. God has heard your prayers. God remembers. Amen. been listening to the sermon podcast from Christ Lutheran Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. We are honored you joined us. If you're in Harrisburg, we welcome you to join us for worship on Sundays at 1030. To find out more about our church as well as the free health services we offer, visit our website, ChristHarrisburg.org. Our theme music is by Lucian Kemper. I hope today's sermon blessed you and you'll join us again. Until then, May God be with you.